Welcome back to the Facts About PACS. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director, and today on the show, we bring you a Labor Day special. Summer 2022 is here today, gone tomorrow. Back to school. Back to work. And back to your PAC campaign, already in progress. Michaela, welcome back to the captain's chair here at the pod. We missed you. I know. Thank you, Mr. Belmar. I feel the timing is perfect for this Labor Day special, you know, feeling refreshed and ready to get back to it. And you know what helps make it so special? Of course I do. Well, don't keep everyone in suspense. So today, we're going to help every PAC manager listening put the A back in their pack with actionable and timely advice from our very own A-team. Amy Adams and David Schild back on the broadcast. It's nice to be podcasting with proper villains again. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Thanks, Adam, and welcome back, David Schild and Amy Adams. It's great to be back. Hot girl summer is over. Pumpkin spice pack season has begun. Pumpkin spice pack season, Michaela. If you're not laughing and thinking about that, you're not ready for the summer to be over. I don't know that I'm ready for pumpkin spice lattes, and I do like a pumpkin spice latte, but I'm trying to savor the last few days of summer here. Well, in keeping with the promise of a Labor Day special, let me set the scene, listeners, for this dash down the aisles in search of a few last items that will make a difference as we all dive back into the deep end of the pool. To wit... Amy Adams, President, Dunn Associates, The Human, at the other end of the NAPAC Help Hotline, and David Schild, former NAPAC President, Founder, and Managing Partner of Three River Strategies. The audience of the number one PAC podcast in America wants to know, what's the smartest and easy play to get right back up to speed when it comes time to hit the desk on September 6th, David Schild? You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, if you can go look at the Halloween decorations at the CVS right now, you can start thinking about the 2022 election. And if you're a PAC director, um, it's time to start doing that, right? I mean, we've got to get ahead of the fact that, what, 71 days from now, we're going to have a pretty important midterm election. And as I've said many times on this show, you are expected within your organization, you should be within your organization, the expert on what's happening in politics. And this is where the rubber meets the road. People are giving, you are contributing to what end, right? Hopefully, so that the candidates you support will win elections and perhaps some of your adversaries will go into another line of work. It's time to get ready for the 2022 election. You should have pre-election election night and post-election coverage, scorecards. There's just a whole laundry list of things that I think PAC managers need to be thinking at t- today because two months is just not that far away if you really want to be ready to roll out what this election means to you as a contributor to my pack. All right, so let me ask Amy Adams just on that point. Amy, I'm getting ready to go back. Does that mean getting the team and their assignments straight? Is it about just refocusing your mind as a pack manager? How does that bit of advice really play into practice? I think for pack directors are wearing two hats, especially when we come back in an election year right after Labor Day, because for many, they're actually still getting ready to launch their pack solicitation campaigns. And so while they're going to be doing a lot of work around GOTV and voter registration, National Red Day voter registration comes up at the end of September. Many of them are also launching their biggest pack solicitation efforts 
of the year right now. So this is really the final push for funds before the election. And if you haven't gotten it done, that's what we're going to do right when you get back. As we always talk about PAC directors wear so many different hats, um, and it is an incredibly busy time between now and the election. But something that struck me as we are doing here at NAPAC, we're already looking at even beyond November and looking into the next election cycle. And so, Dave, I'm curious from a sort of a strategic planning perspective, you know, if you're doing your solicitation, you're trying to get all your checks out the door, you're trying to be strategic in who you're giving to and have an impact on these elections. But to me, it seems like it would behoove you to also to begin planning for 2024's election cycle. And are you are you getting the, you know, the, the things teed up now that need to be done to sort of hit the ground running in January? Yeah, I think that uh, the last two months of the year after the election are actually interesting time for PACs because you're going to be forced to do, I think, a couple of things. One is just a good look at your finances. And are you a PAC that spends down to zero before election day? Or are you more conservative and you want to keep a certain amount of cash on hand? What are you going to have to actually spend in the first few months uh, of next year? And then, you know, there's two magic words, debt retirement, right? There's going to be a lot of people who are going to come in at the end of the year and, um, you know, maybe they won or in some cases, maybe they lost and uh, they've still got red ink on the books. What are you going to do to help those people out? So I don't think you can say, you know, essentially we start over at zero, uh, the day after the election, because there is this weird sort of interim period where there's other activities. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, I think you've got to launch into the next election cycle, a presidential election cycle with a lot of energy and, and momentum. I mean, nothing brings people out or focuses their attention like the run for the White House. Yeah. And I think what's really important, too, is in advance of the planning, the strategic planning that I think a lot of our colleagues are doing in the final months of the year is to debrief, really is taking that time to stop and say, okay, my campaign is over, the elections are over, what worked this year? What didn't work? What do I want to change? What, you know, what are just the tiny tweaks I can make? You know, the most successful PAC directors that we know are those who take that time to look at their program every single year and say, okay, how can I be just that much better in the next year? And then incorporating that into your strategic planning. Okay, Amy, Let's sprint down another aisle. The cart is not yet full. What's something else that you would tell everybody listening that they might think of doing a, a quick, easy, timely play here as we come through the Labor Day special? Um, think about how you're going to thank your folks at the end of this year. Think about how you're going to thank your members. Um, you know, Thanksgiving, using the holiday season is a great opportunity to thank your members. And, you know, you can let people know during this time when we're reflecting on the things we're grateful for, we want to tell you how grateful we are for your membership in our campaign or your support of our campaign. I think we have to remember that everybody likes to be thanked. David Schild, I think you agree with me on that one. Oh, my gosh. You are killing me by stealing my thunder, Amy Adams. <laughs> um yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I would, well, we do a separate podcast, Adam and I, about the supply chain. And obviously, when it comes to tchotchkes and fun stuff that you may want to put in the hands of your members, um, you know, it may be sitting on a container ship off the port of Long Beach. So now is the time to be thinking about getting those items. There's never enough. And I'm a professional procrastinator. So I say this from learned experience. Um, the other thing I was just going to hit real quick was scorecards. You know, I mentioned it briefly, but I think that we're um, gloriously only three days away from the start of college football season, right? And people are talking about putting points on the board. Go Buckeyes. I think it's really, really important 
that you have a scorecard ready to go. Uh, I used to do sort of a follow it, a follow along at home on election night scorecard. And look, incumbents win 94% of their races. PACs are primarily giving to incumbents. You're probably going to have a lot of wins on that list. But we all know that a lot of our very engaged folks, folks who follow politics, is the reason they give to political action committees. We know that they are going to be watching along at home on their network of choice. How cool is it to have your PAC's branded scorecard sitting right in front of them? And as we go through each district, there's a win for our PAC. There's a win for our PAC. There's a win for our PAC. That's a really visceral connection to that payroll deduction that they're giving every two weeks. It's a great way, I think, to bring home the purpose of what you're doing. Dave, I think that's such an important point. I, and I, Amy, I'm curious what you're seeing because it does seem like over the last couple of election cycles, folks have really gotten away from putting the work into those scorecards. And I think, you know, particularly in this sort of heightened scrutiny of PACs um, and, and the work that our PAC managers have done over the last two years um, to change their contribution criteria, to really, you know, understand um, how they're giving, to be able to go back and say, okay, here's what we set out to do at the beginning of the cycle. Um, and here's where we landed, I think um, is so important. What are you seeing as it relates to scorecards? Are you seeing a return to those? Honestly, I'm not. I think there are a handful of people that I'm seeing that are doing it. And maybe I hope some of our listeners will chime in and let us know, let me know that I'm wrong about this. But I, I think there has been this tendency to step away from really pointing out what the win ratio was. I know some people do lean on that, that win ratio, this is what our pack won. I think the important thing really is to lean into where did, you know, doing a post-election debrief with your members or with your eligible employees and letting them, reminding them what the pack stands for and what the pack will be working working on going forward in the cycle. I know there's a pack director out there who used to say, listen, you got to dance with the ones who brung you. And sometimes it's about developing, using those pack donations to develop relationships with people who won, who you may not have supported during the election. So, you know, there is a messaging, um, there's a, a finesse in the messaging, I think, that has to be done after the elections and as you move into the new cycle. Uh, I'm going to do a rare thing here, and that is pour some cold water on the scaredy cats in the PAC community. I will just say that if you are not able to stand behind the people you're giving to, then that's a problem for your planning committee and your contribution committee. Uh, I am very sensitive to what's going on in the world right now and the fact that there are people receiving dollars who are also going on Sunday talk shows saying ridiculous things. However, if your PAC contribution criteria is tight, And you can say, we are giving to these people for the following reasons. Maybe that's on your scorecard. Maybe we need a legend or we need some sort of color code that says crazy, but supporter of Acme, right? We need something because I got to say, and I don't disagree with Amy necessarily. If you are trying to cover up or conceal where this money is going because these candidates are clowns, you know, again, I think you're, you're trying to paper over something that's more of an existential problem for your pack. Well, look, I, I want to jump in and just put my former journalist hat on and say that the narrative of late has been heavily colored by the Senate minority leaders reference to candidate quality. So it's no secret that there are outliers out there and that these criteria and what actual candidates do, regardless of where priorities lie, but their politics might carry them off script off road, maybe into some dangerous territory. So wherever you land on this, and I think Amy's advice 
is really prudent. And I think, David, you're right. You've got to lean in. And, and I don't know how everyone can strike the balance between both pieces of advice, but I do know that you want to know everything. Well, I think, too, this is yet another example of the fine dance that PAC directors have to do. And I think, you know, we always on this podcast, when we're getting together, like to talk about the professional development side of it. But as a PAC director, remember that this is a skill that you have of reading the culture of your organization, of understanding how to uh, shape the narrative of your PAC while at the same time being sensitive and make sure that's reflected in your, when you're um, putting together your resume or when you're talking about the work that you do with those people who may be doing your review and looking at how you met your goals this year. Okay, let's up the ante even further. Let's give our audience one more pass through the aisle. Amy, what is your final suggestion for getting back up to speed next week? Take a deep breath, Uh, maybe find some comfortable shoes, and get ready to run as we're moving through. And um, I think probably the best piece of advice I have for everybody is to make sure that you're registered for the NABPAC post-election conference, where we're going to be talking about all of the outcome of the elections and how we're all going to move forward. It'll be a great opportunity to network with your colleagues and to get yourself to review what happened, to reset, and then recharge before we head into the 2024 election cycle. Review, reset, recharge. I love it. David Schild, what's last on your Labor Day special list? 70 days to the election and 70 hours till the second best part of college football Saturday, which is game day, the pre-show. And this would be my opportunity to tell PAC directors, what's your pre-show for the election? Do you have a webinar? What's going to happen with your VP of government relations? Do you have some sort of briefing for your PAC members as to, hey, This is what we think the midterms are going to look like. Um, I think organizations can sort of do that pre-show themselves, lay out what's going to happen in the election. And, you know, technology has made it incredibly easy to bring all of your people together in some sort of virtual format and say, hey, if you want to take 15 or 20 minutes and get smarter about what's going to happen in the midterms, how we're spending your money, what it's going to mean for our organization. I mean, you can't put the hat on like Lee Corso and pick a winner or a loser, but you can do just about everything else. And I think that's a good show for you to run before the election. Hook em horns. Amy Adams and David Schild, the special sauce at NABPAC, and especially this Labor Day. Thank you both for joining us on the podcast. Always happy to join my friend David, despite the fact that he's a fan of the Ohio State. Winning is just, uh, it's in our DNA. Did you go there, David? I'll be going there on Saturday. Well, and thanks to everyone downloading and sharing this podcast. Subscribe and meet us right back here on the Facts About Packs next week for our new solutions and action episode with our special guest, the founder and CEO of Democracy Engine, Jonathan Zucker.